This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Stacey West podcast. Gary, it seems like only yesterday that we were talking about this. It does, doesn't it? Two in a night. I haven't uh, done that since I was 18. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously, the, the last podcast was our League One preview, where we sort of talked about uh, the, the key areas of the league and, and where we think people are going to finish and, and where we're going to end up. Um, we didn't really talk about where we thought we were going to finish. Um, because uh, truth be told, I don't think either of us are expecting or even really predicting us to finish in uh, in, in the top or the bottom, like the, the very top or the very bottom end of the table. So um, we'll come to that in a minute. But first off, there is quite a bit of news to talk about uh, for the Imps, starting, of course, with the departure of the big man, um, which happened uh, late last week. And it came as an absolute shock to pretty much everybody um, around, and you know, all of the fans and everybody, um, was that Reedy has gone over to Billericay Town um, and, and he's signed a two-year deal with them uh, in the National, uh, yeah, National League South. I don't think anyone can begrudge him. Um, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's fair to, you know, to, to hold any ill will to him. He's been an absolute servant to the club and I think um, no one really could could say anything other than it's well deserved for, for him to make the move at 35 to get a two-year contract. Uh, it sounds like it, it may have been a decent fee that's come in for him as well because obviously he was under contract here so um, it's, it's a bit sad and it, the, the thing that makes it even sadder is that the night before was obviously the the Stoke friendly, and I went along. And I, I, as we were coming away from it, I turned to my wife and I said, "You know what? I actually think I think Reedy's still got a point to prove for us. I think he might surprise a few people next season because he came on and he, he did what he does best. You know, he put some, he, he made some flick ons, he, um, he he kind of charged down the ball when he needed to, and he played some really really lovely touches. Um, and it was just genuinely quite sad last Thursday to see him uh, to see him move on." But 
it, it's football. It's it's what happens. And you know, like I say, he's been offered a two year contract at the age of thirty five to to go and play um, professional football. And I don't think anyone would be able to turn that down in their right mind. So, your thoughts on the uh, on the big man leaving? Yeah, anyone that tries to sing Reedy's on fire after nine minutes of this game on Saturday needs to sort themselves out. <laughs> he hasn't died. Um, he's gone to play for Billericay, which is, I think it's better. Um, it might be worse, I'm not sure. Um, I know, like, you know, massive, massive admiration for Matt Reed. Um, phenomenal player for this football club, no matter what anyone says. Um, with us from National League to League One, he's got three winners' medals. And that's not bad for a bloke that looks like he's going to come round and tie all your bathroom on a Sunday, as my missus once succinctly put it, although not to his face, of course. <laughs> um, so he, all good things come to an end. And that's something um, that I don't like to hear, but they do. You know, um, eras pass, uh, people come and go, and, and Matt Reed's era has passed. If you had asked me if I thought he was going to play 20 games this season, I would have said no. If you asked me if I thought he was going to start 10 games this season, I would have said no. Um, if you asked me whether I thought he would be a good player to have on the bench and would have an impact in certain games, absolutely, of course he would. But money talks. Danny wants a boost to his coffers. Bill Ericke's uh, Glenn Tamplin has got... Certainly more money than class by the looks of things. Um, <laughs> but he's got a lot of money and he wanted Matt Reed. And Matt Reed will be a very, very strong player at that level. We've been adequately compensated. I would hope that it leads to a striker coming in before Saturday uh, because we do look short. But any talks of a crisis in that area are, are utter ludicrous at the minute. Um, you know, sometimes you take one step back to take two steps forward. So certainly wouldn't ever take away from what Matt Reid did for this football club, though. Um, no. Phenomenal player. He will be classed as a legend. And time will dull the memories of the people who think that he was just a cart horse. And their voices will get quieter and quieter, whereas his goals and his achievements um, will continue to stand the test of time. And I think in, in 20 years' time, when the way that my dad talks about John Ward and Percy Freeman... Um, I may talk about Matt Reed, um, maybe not as prolific once we got into the football league, but in terms of the impact that he had on the squad uh, and on the team as a whole, I I think that he's certainly a Lincoln City legend, and he will be very very sadly missed. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. I think that's that's really all all we need to say on the matter. I think it was uh, it, it just came as a shock, um, and it was it was just one of those where the immediate flurry of, of texts and WhatsApp messages kind of just went, oh, shit, what the hell has happened there? Um, the one thing that I did want to briefly discuss was the um, the interview that he did with um, Radio Lincolnshire, and I don't know if you've heard it or not. Um, have, you, have you had a chance to – I think it was on the Hope and Glory pod? No, I don't listen to podcasts. They're a waste of time. <laughs> No, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, to be fair, no. Okay. Um, in it, I think it was, I don't I don't know, there, there was something to me that suggested that maybe he wasn't as, as happy as um, as he could have been or that he, that's been made out to, to have the move. And it was, um, there was a couple of quotes in there where he said something along the lines of, you know, well, it, it, the thing that attracted me to Lincoln was that it was a family club and... and 
xyz but it's it's sort of going it's, it's obviously a business now and i don't know it, it almost seemed a little bit like there was possibly some sour grapes there and i know that's possibly me just reading into it too much but it, it was just a really strange interview and i'd, I'd recommend if anybody's not yet heard it or if no one's got any uh if they've not subscribed to that podcast instead of us then you know thank you for that first off but um go and check it out because it's definitely an interview that that could have a lot that you can read between the lines for um that's interesting family club business now yeah we were a family club because we were more or less you know like a a local team being run by volunteers weren't we when when reedy arrived and Mm. now we're we are a business. You have to be a business in League One, um, and you know something. Something piqued my interest the other day, and I've been playing an article over. And instead of writing in-depth article, I'm going to make a few basic comments on it instead. But I looked at the shop in the town centre, in the city centre, mm. um, the superstore, and you look at. Uh, I've spoken to Jack Payne um, recently, and he made a, a comment along the lines of. He likes the city because everybody in it is a Lincoln fan. And and that just struck me as an interesting moment in time because when you start putting shops in town centres, you lose the so-called family feel because families are close and they're intimate. And that's what we were in the National League. But as you grow, that intimacy and that closeness does just degrade slightly, not through anybody's fault, but just by the fact that you know, you haven't got 3,000 fans, you've got 10,000 fans. Some weeks mm. you don't recognise who's sat around you. But which would we rather have? And I, I think that's the important point is if we're to keep moving forward, as we are doing with shops in the city centre and with, with um, sponsorship deals and things like that, we've, we've got to be aware that this so-called family ethos that, that people talk about. And I'm sure it's not what Matt meant. It's, it's just literally just struck me, but you know, what is it that people mean? Well, that they could turn up with all of their kids and sit where they wanted to, or the the chief executive knew everybody by name because he only ever met 20 fans outside the, the ground because nobody else ever bothered coming. Mm. You know, I, I still think we're family orientated. I think we put things on in the fan zone for the kids. I think, you know, I just think it's a different type of, of family orientation and you know i just think when people say that when we're losing the community ethos and then you see pictures of the league trophy it gets out more than i do and that that's not even a joke to be laughed at it it gets to three or four different places that's more more public engagements than the queen for god's sake (laughs) that's that's because we're a family club that's because we haven't lost the ethos okay we've lost the feel of going around and sitting in someone's living room and watching football because that's not what we are anymore but we, you mm. know that, that's just a point that you know i'm going completely off track so apologies no it's a, it's a fair point it really is because i think i as i say i don't know if i've taken the wrong end of the stick from the interview and i think it was it was one of those where it was still kind of reeling a little bit you know people were still going oh bloody hell he's left what's going to happen now you know we've only got one senior striker on the books and we'll come to that in a minute but you know the the whole the whole thing around it has just been uh, it's really strange it really is but you know we will um we will discuss that uh we'll probably discuss that till the cows come home um but i i think the strides that have been made by the club in general have been uh have been more than positive uh in, in without putting too much into the sort of quote corporate basket um i did see a few people having a bit of a moan that 
the Legends lounge seats were uh, they were open for the Stoke game when everyone was told explicitly that you know the upper tier of the co-op is not open, and then they were like, oh well, they've got the bloody fans in for the for the for the corporates. So just that doesn't matter. It's a friendly. Like just uh, anyway, I didn't go to the friendly for exactly that type of bollocks. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll move on to the friendlies a little bit. I think. Um, did you actually? Did you manage to get twenty in the end? Nope. Okay, so we managed to get to the um, the Wednesday game and then the Stoke game. Uh, we were going to do the Forest game as well, but unfortunately, it was one of those where the, 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 my wife was working in Birmingham; she couldn't get back in time. And by the time that that was all arranged, we thought, "Well, we've already paid for a ticket." And then they said, "Oh, it's by the way, it's the under twenty threes." Yeah, we just decided to stay at home. So. Um, it's always, you know, as you've said in the past, it's always a danger to try and glean too much from friendlies and, and you know, pre-season games where you, there isn't a huge amount on the line. But um, I thought from what I saw, the, the the immediate standout to me is Jack Payne. He is he is going to be one hell of a player this season for us. He's He's got pace, he's got the determination, he's got skill, he's got the flair. And I just wonder whereabouts we're going to play him. Is he going to be that number 10 that we were so desperate for last season that could bounce off John Akindi? Is he going to be a, a playmaker that sits kind of in the middle, of, you know, bang in the middle of the park that can get the ball from the defence and, and create something magic? Where is he going to fit? But to me, it doesn't really matter where he fits because he is a hell of a player and... Um, everything that I saw from him in preseason like against Stoke, he got the crap kicked out of him. He was he was battered across the park, which I thought was a bit out of order. Like there were two yellow cards in a friendly. I I've never seen that before in my life, um, and a lot of it was um, a lot of it was people just clattering into Jack Payne. But yeah, Jack Payne looks really good. Um, I think Joe Morrell also looks really impressive. I think that George Grant was, um, he, he seemed a little bit out, not out of his depth, but he, he certainly seemed a little bit cautious in the uh, Sheffield Wednesday game. I think by the time the Stoke game rolled around, he was definitely looking a little bit more settled. Um, but yeah, I think we, we played decently against two teams that are quite, you know, above us in the football pyramid. Um and it seemed that two of the goals that we saw both came from mistakes. There was the, the mistake with the the own goal, which was just, uh, let's be honest, it was farcical. Um, and then there was a mistake from George Grant in midfield against Stoke, which kind of led to uh, Tyrese Campbell getting his, uh, getting his second. But overall, I was more than happy with those performances. I didn't see the Scunthorpe game, but I full, you know, I fully agree with what Danny said given the, the reports if we play like that week in week out we'll be relegated and of course there was a an immediate um an immediate jump on social media where everybody went oh well Danny said we're gonna be relegated no no he's not he's saying if we play that badly week in week out we will be relegated but here's a news flash we're probably not gonna play that badly week in week out because that's not the way that we are um Anyway, yeah, that was that was my two cents on the uh, on on the furore that erupted after that. But um, that's kind of my take on on preseason. And like you said before, don't want to don't want to take too much from it. But the the stuff that we did get a glimpse at, I I was really impressed with. I think we're, we're looking to play it a lot more on the deck this season and not rely on uh, on the longer game. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, shall we move in to... Please, I'm uh, bored. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been on Instagram for a bit. <laughs> Imagine what it's like for me when you're banging on about bloody whoever it is in League One, bottom of the table. It's like, mm. All right, Gaz is on one again. Mm. <laughs> Prick. Anyway, <laughs> shall we move on to um, where we think we're going to finish in the table this season? Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> yes. I've just asked you a question, Gary. Oh, sorry. This is doing two in a row. I've, I've got a short attention span. Um, <laughs> yeah, this season going to be very, very interesting. And I think it's hard to make a prediction now and it might be easy to make one on Saturday or maybe midweek next week. Um, you know, let, let's touch very briefly on the fact that social media is alive with the fact, um, or sorry, with the rumour rather, uh, that we could be about to sign Tyler Walker. Mm-hmm. Splashed all over lots of different people's social media. And it's the people that are saying that we might be about to sign them are the sort of people that get told something in confidence and don't know what confidence means uh, and splash it everywhere. And I would imagine <laughs> that there are a lot of other silent people out there getting direct messages um about it as well i've had nothing i've heard nothing because you know what do i know about anything um but if so if if tyler walker has been spotted at the bentley or has been training with us it's certainly the number nine that people seem to think that we need yeah Um, now i'm i'm a john akindy fan i believe that every year the jury is out on every player you know, I don't think that because a player had a great season one season, it means that he's God's gift the next. I support all the players all the time, but there will be one or two who do not make the step up to League One. Might not be John, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, you, you have to be prepared to change your opinion when the situation changes. Um, and I think that if John were one of the players that struggled with the step up, um, one, it would open up far too many people going, well, I told you it was crap when you know we've just won League Two. Uh, but if he was, we need a quality replacement and we need a quality alternative. And we didn't have that before Matt Reed left. No disrespect to Matt Reed, We didn't have someone that could lead the line. And touching on what you said, just to prove that I was listening, um, was, um, I've forgotten it now. <laughs> hey, there we go. Just to touch on what you were saying about us playing it on the deck and playing some nice football, I think the signings that we've made suggest that we are going to be attacking quicker, more fluidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we think back to the very start of, of Danny's reign, and I'm, I'm talking probably the North Ferriby game and a couple of others after it, um, a lot of what we did early doors in that was, was nice little triangles down the line. Nathan Arnold was getting involved with uh, with Bradley Wood and was... Um, Alan Power, I think, and Common Brooks was in the midfield. But we we played a lot of nice football on the deck until we needed to go long. And then we developed. And I think we develop our tactics every year. I think last year we you know, we went with one up top uh, rather than two. And I think that we played nice football in the final third, but we could go long if we wanted to. I think the year before we were a very long ball team with two midfielders sitting defensively. So we adapt every year. Tyler Walker signing for the club would be a big sign of adapting, I think. Um, what, yeah. do you, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know, despite the fact that you went on and on a bit there, it's all. Uh, um, okay, let's call a truce now. No, I think, um, I think, I think you're right. Um, if it is indeed true, then 
I think it'll be uh, it'll be a great uh, a great signing for the club. I think the the other two signings that we've made permanently in uh, in um, George Grant and Jack Payne. I think I you were raving about Jack Payne when we signed him, mm-hmm. um, and I was I'll be honest, I was sort of I was struggling to see why a player that you'd not really seen would be able to garner that level of praise from you. But after seeing him twice um, and he more than held his own against players from the championship. Um, I think he's he's going to be a key player for us this season, without a shadow of a doubt. Player of the um, year, it would player of the year at the end of the season. It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't because he's just been he's looked really dangerous during preseason. So um, he's the he's the yeah. biggest and best transfer this football club has made in my lifetime. Wow, that's a that's a bold statement, and I hope. To God, you are right because he, from everything I've seen so far, he might he may well be. Um, so sorry, I've derailed the yeah. Tyler Walker thing. My my apologies. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, Tyler Walker. Um, as I say, if it is indeed true, if it is accurate, then um, I think he's going to be, like you say, he's going to be the 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 alternative to John Akindi. I think he's going to be. The player that will, if we do play two up front, obviously he'll partner him. But I think John Akindi to me is going to be the player that starts most of the games. Um, if if he's the lone striker, uh, I think if he is a lone striker, I think he would desperately need the support that somebody like Payne can offer. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see those two link up really well because I think we we got it in glimpses last season when he did have a decent number ten to play off, or he had a you know a decent strike partner to bounce off. He looked really good. Um, and I think that's no, like you say, there's no disrespect to, to Matt Reed. There is absolutely no disrespect to Jordan Adebayo-Smith. But I think um, having currently one senior striker on the books is is a bit of a worry. Um, and I hope it can get resolved relatively quickly. I'd just um, make two points about Walker um, before before mm-hmm. we move on. If you're preparing to move on, I don't want to cut you off. I feel I've been incredibly rude to you now, so I'm being overly <laughs> polite, uh, which I'm not entirely, <laughs> entirely comfortable with. Um, so first of all, one thing, if we have signed Tyler Walker, um, Coventry have been after him in, in quite a yeah. big way. And I think if he's chosen to come to us and not to go to Coventry, um, that sends a really clear message to those people that believe that we're going to be in the top six, basically saying, yeah, you're right. And it's going to make the likes of me and you pessimistic, miserable bastards um, <laughs> saying that we might be, you know, whenever, wherever we say we're going to be uh, look a little bit wrong. So I, I think it would make a, it would be a big signal of intent. I don't think it would make or break the season, but I do think if we sign Tyler Walker, we'll, we will be in a significantly better place than we are as we're recording this podcast now. Um, people want proven goal scorers to sign. We did that with John Akindi and they weren't happy. Um, if we sign Tyler Walker, I would imagine that they will be happy. My prediction would probably be that Walker plays instead of Akindi because of the change of emphasis that we're going to have with playing a ball on the floor. Um, we shall mm. have to see. The other point I was going to make, you know, I, I was very vocal in January, February, George Grant and Tyler Walker would not be the right signings for us to make last season. I stand by that because we won the league and Manchester, uh, Manchester Mansfield didn't. Um, I don't think Walker would have been able to play the style that we played last year. And I think Danny, when he develops a style, Danny and Nicky, when they work on it, 
that's ingrained from the from the first kick of the season to the last. He very rarely changes his main approach during the season. He'll alter it for certain games. Um, and a lot of what we did last year involved going long to John or going quickly to John, let's say, because it would go through feet as well and then looking to get players around him. This year, I think mm-hmm. there is a change in emphasis and that might be where somebody like Walker slots into the first team. Let's face it, whoever scores goals is going to play. Um, I'm not naive enough to think that Adebayo Smith, who's been brilliant all pre-season, so I'm told, uh, is going to start because he isn't. But I'd like to see him around the team. Um, but I do think that we're still short in one, certainly one key area. Uh, and that's, people will laugh, but it's actually in central midfield. And I know that we've signed Jack Payne, Joe Morrell, and George Grant's kind of midfielder. We've got Freck, we've got this, we've got that. Um, but Freck and O'Connor are both injured. And I think if we are going to play something like a, uh, 4-2-3-1 like we did last season we're going to need the anchor in midfield and at the minute we don't have it um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there certainly we need some centre-back cover still and I would suspect that Danny will want to raid the loan market for some full-back cover if certainly on one side because I think there will probably be somebody coming in on one of the, the full-back areas um, at some point soon Yeah, I mean there's a there's a name that's been floated for a very long time that uh, well, he, he said it himself. He was going to come for a barbecue in Lincoln, um, and it, it's been it's been heavily rumoured that a uh, player that we mentioned on the last podcast, Ben Coker, is is allegedly coming into the club. God knows why it's not been announced. If it's all signed, sealed, and delivered yet, but we'll see. If he's if he's uh, if he's coming in, that will provide the cover that we need on uh, the left hand side, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So then we've just got a. a I, I think there is a, a right back, um, a central defender, and um, a striker is is where we are crying out for for cover and you know another player at the minute. But uh, um, but yes, I my prediction for where Lincoln are going to finish, um, I I think tenth is is a realistic and achievable goal for for the Imps this season. Um, I think anything above that will be an unbelievable first season back. I would absolutely love us to do what we did in the first season back in the football league and end up in the playoffs. Um, but I honestly, I, I, I can't see it. And that's, that might be me being, you know, slightly pessimistic, but I, I don't know. I would love to see it happen, but I just can't see it at the moment. Um, whether that will change with a couple of signings, I don't know. Well, if we do what we did in our first season back in the football league, we would actually miss out on the playoffs because we finished seventh and it is only the top six um, in League One. Sorry to be a pedantic arsehole. It appears I'm back uh, on form. Um, I'm going to say without the signings that we're rumoured to be making over the next couple of days, I was I was going to go with 14th um, because I think that... At the moment, I've not been convinced on one or two areas. I've not been convinced that when teams want to overload the area in front of our back four, um, playing like Sunderland do, for instance, with a if they're going for a three-four-one-two or a three-four-two-one, something like that, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure in there. Without, dare I say it, an Alex Woodyard figure, or if Michael O'Connor doesn't get fully fit, I think that we could drop some points. Um, and there's also just a general stepping up, which I think we found when we first stepped up into League Two. You know, we we 
drew at Exeter, I think, drew with Morecambe, you know, well, no, we lost Exeter, didn't we? Drew at Morecambe. And it, it was just, it was just a tough time because we thought as fans that it was going to be easier than it was. And I think there's an element of that, certainly with a lot of the, the national media and the main podcasts, there's an element of, well, Lincoln won the league last year, they're on an upward trajectory, it's just going to continue. Um, yeah, this is this is the ceiling. We've just gone through the ceiling. You know, we knew all, we knew everything all the way up. We could see what the ceiling was. League top of League One, no League Two. We knew what that was as a club, as a fan base, as as, as a culture. We knew what that was. We're now into a whole new territory because League One has changed significantly since we were last in it twenty years ago. But it's changed phenomenally since we last survived in it thirty odd years ago. Mm. So, I, I don't want to over egg us. However. If we make the signings that um, I'm being led to believe that we're going to make, uh, I'm going to just not quite be the same as you. I'm going to say 11th. And I think um, that's probably me being a little bit pessimistic. Okay. I'm probably buying into Danny trying to play everything down and you know being all unhappy and I know it's a, it's a mind game and I've bought into it you know he wants to dampen expectation he doesn't want the fans on our on, on the players backs if we lose and get two games in a row because it will happen but Danny Danny doesn't think that we're going to finish 18th Danny won't be happy if we finish 14th um, deep down with the squad that we've got if we weren't on the inside looking out and we were on the outside looking in we would probably be saying 6th, 7th or 8th um, and I think probably the Scunthorpe result as much as I mouth off about friendlies being completely and utterly pointless the Scunthorpe result probably made me think a little bit more on the erring on the side of caution so uh, yeah no that's fair um, cool so uh, I think there's um, possibly one more uh, bit of news to talk about, and that is, of course, the news today that uh, Harry Anderson has signed an extended contract. Um, he's got a new deal. Um, First Amendment. No. Say again, sorry. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, first of many. It'll be the first of many contract announcements over the course of this, uh, the next six months, in my opinion. A lot of players out of contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the uh, the news today that I'll say that they've not announced the the terms, which doesn't surprise me given how football is going at the minute. But uh, they've said it is quote a long term deal. So uh, it seems to me like uh, like Harry's in it for the for the long run. Either that, um, or want and to buy him. They've got to stump up the cash. Yes, that's that's the other side of it as well. Um, I, I think it's uh, it's great. I think Harry has come on leaps and bounds over the past season in particular. Um, I think there has been a lot of people that were quite critical of him uh, this season before when he was here, uh, for, when he was here for a while with us. Um, but since he signed permanently, we obviously had the, uh, he's obviously had the, the development that he's had under Danny and Nicky. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really chuffed that he's got a, you know, he's got a, a decent deal with the club. I hope it's a decent deal for him. Um, and, Long may his, uh, his terrorising of defences continue. And like you say, I hope this is the first of many over the next uh, next couple of months. Well, my, my mate Pete came. He comes to a few games every year when he can. Uh, Man United season ticket holder. And it's obviously very hard to get tickets. He'll be coming to Rotherham uh, with me. Um, but he took one look at Harry Anderson in the National League, I believe. Um, and then when he signed permanently, mm-hmm. he said he thought Harry Anderson could be our first £1 million player. 
um, because of the attributes that he had were unique in that he's a winger. He's good on the ball. He's very quick, but he's also very strong, very bullish. It's not all tricks and flicks and all that sort of thing. Um, what Harry needs to change perhaps is his end product. Um, six goals, yeah. four assists last season. So it's like hand in 10 goals. I think he played 40-odd games. So it's a hand in a goal every four games. I think for the amount that he was getting on the ball, just over six dribbles a game, um, I think that perhaps he would like to have created a little bit more. But let's not forget, he's 22 years old. He's played 130 yeah. games for us. Um, he's now at his highest level because obviously he played at this level with Peterborough. So it is he's one that I'm going to be interested to see how he adapts to League One. And I think the fact George Grant has come in offers us an interesting flexibility out wide. He might, Harry might not start as many games this year as he did last year. And that won't be uh, because of his ability. It could be because of our change of approach. Um, but I certainly think, you know, if you've been run ragged by somebody slick like George Grant for 60 minutes, and then all of a sudden you get this bull in a shiner shop who can run faster than I can go on a push bike running at you, um, maybe he'll expose that. I'd really, I'd actually really like to see Harry um, go through the centre. And I know that he 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 struggles to adapt from talking to him last year. You know, he's a winger, that's what he sees. But I just see his attributes as certainly being as effective in other on other areas of the field. So, but it's interesting. It's it's good news for the club to secure somebody like him uh, because I don't yeah. I don't think that we will see Bruno sign a new deal. Okay. That's interesting. The, I mean, I, I personally thought we wouldn't see Bruno start the game on Saturday, but there's not been anything to suggest otherwise for me so far. Um, but yeah, I think that the key thing that you mentioned there is is just Harry's age. Like he's 22. That's ridiculous for somebody that's played that many games for for one club, and it was obviously at Peterborough before. He's uh, he's got a very bright future ahead of him, and I'm really really pleased that at least for now it's going to be with Lincoln. So. Three trophies by the age of 22. Not bad, you know is it? Got, by the time I was 22, I'd got three points on my license and had three different jobs. <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, by the time I was 22, I don't really... No, I'm not going to go there. Uh, anyway, right. Um, is there anything else that you... Uh, anything else that we want to talk about before we wrap this one up and wish everybody luck for Saturday? Might be worth talking about our opening game of the season, Ben, don't you think? Oh, shit, yeah. That's that's a... Yes. <laughs> the one bit that I've actually researched and that I don't just know off the cuff from doing the work and you're trying to deny me my moment of glory <laughs> go on then take it away Accrington Stanley yes so Accrington Stanley I've had a bit of a, a look at Accrington they're going to probably line up against this 4-4-1-1 which is one of their favoured um, favoured lineups last season. They might go as a, as a flat 4-4-2. Um, not so much a partnership anymore, but it's usually one behind the other. It just depends who plays deeper. Um, what I'd say about Stanley is they're not actually fundamentally different from the team that went up two years ago. Um, still rely on Billy Key, if he's fit for the beginning of this uh, season. Still rely heavily on Sean McConville. Um, everyone will remember him from for beating Paul Farman from halfway line in uh, in in our EFL trophy game that we eventually beat I mean on one anyway um they I, we didn't pick them up on our uh, on our league 1 
coverage as a team that we're going to struggle. And I think that's because we've got used to the fact that John Coleman has strong organised units. But in actual fact, their business has been very, very underwhelming. Um, they've signed a lad called Sheriff from uh, Leicester under 23s. They've signed Ben Barkley from Brighton under 23s. He was on loan at Notts County last season in the centre of defence. He'll probably partner Mark Hughes, um, not obviously the old Welsh and Barcelona and Man United forward, um, <laughs> but a central defender who's been with them for a while. Um, they're just going to be organised. They're going to be tough to break down. It's probably a really good opening game, actually, for us, because in terms of a goal threat, it might be a little um, a little stifled. The likelihood is that they will play Zazala up front, um, who I think impressed against us in the EFL Trophy last season, if I remember correctly. He's quick, he's tricky. Um, that could cause us problems if Bozzi's half fit and, and Bulger's not quite on it. Um, but I think that they're going to try and you know, soak up pressure and break quite quickly. So should be very interesting. In the middle of the park, they've got a lad called Dan Barlacer, um, who I'm interested in seeing. He's going to be kind of protecting the back four almost in one of the two central midfield areas. So again, how the likes of Jack Payne and whoever else plays in midfield occupy him is going to be interesting as well. But I think we'll see lots of football on the deck from both teams. Um, and I think it's I think it's going to be a really good opener. I'm excited because obviously I haven't been back since Bank um, since we lifted the title. Uh, I have stayed away from friendlies, whether that's right or wrong. is, is open to interpretation. So, um, But even Danny said it, didn't he? Yesterday on the on the uh, official site, he's looking forward to seeing Sinsilbank host a proper game again. I don't think they're his exact words, but it's what he meant. You know, not yeah. playing exhibition games. Uh, I will go with us to win this one two one. I uh, I was going to say one nil, so I think we'll uh, we'll both have that. I think as a yeah as an, an opening win, maybe a bit cagey. Uh, it's always it's never. I mean, it's never that free, you know, free-flowing, attacking, you know, joyous football that you see um, sometimes when you know teams are uh, very confident. It's always I always find the first game of the season a little bit kind of right. Are, are we still getting used to stuff? Are we, you know, the new players still bedding in and, and all the rest of it? So first home game of last season, we won four-one against Swindon, didn't we? And I think afterwards I came home and it was the first time I told somebody that I thought we'd win the title, although I'd predicted it a couple of weeks earlier, so actually that's a lie. Um, but, you know, it, it just basically confirmed my belief. I don't think we learn anything from the first game. You know, I think if you win your first game 10-0, it means absolutely nothing at all. I mean, obviously it means you've got 10 goals more than a lot of other people have of their first game. Um, but I, do you know what I mean? It's, you know, nothing's won and lost but it will be nice to get off to a good start. I think when you look at the start that we've got, we should be collecting points relatively early on because there are, there are much tougher spells than our first four or five games. Yeah. And Accrington Stanley at home, yeah, not last year, year before, it was a tough game to play because they were right at the top of the table. They played some good football. We're a very, very different team now to then, and, and they fundamentally are not. Um, and I think they're one of the teams that, if you ask me, higher or lower than us at the end of the season, I would say lower. And therefore, when you play them at home, you want to take three points from it. And that's no disrespect to them. You know, they do really well on the crowds that they've got, uh, but they shouldn't be above Lincoln City at the end of this season. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely right. I think uh, that's a fair assessment of the game. I think it's... uh... I think it's a decent shout for for a home win. And uh, like you say, if if we want to be 
where we need to be at the end of the season. We need to be winning these games. And that feels so strange to say that coming into a new league at the start of the season. But uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so now I can probably ask, is there anything else? Um, don't know, not really, no. I can't think of it. Mm. Buy my books. No, I was going to say, do. buy your book. Mm. Although, do you know what? I haven't had a penny from Amazon yet because... They tell you what your June revenue is at the end of July, and then they pay it at the end of August. And they only pay in certain chunks of money as well. So at the minute, they haven't told me anything that I've earned. Um, I mean, I would say I didn't do it for the money, but it's nice because Gary wants a pool room. Um, (laughs) Probably not going to get one. But you know what? I went on uh, Helgi was selling off pictures that were in the club boardroom on eBay. And I really wanted Lee Frecklington scoring his opening goal, uh, his first goal back at the club, Notts County. It's this big wide-angled picture and you can see all of the pitch and the crowd and everything. It's beautiful. And bidding had gone up to like 50, 55 quid. And I thought, you know what, I I can't, genuinely can't afford that. Not when, and thank God she doesn't listen, I've just spent 100 quid on 1950s programmes. So (laughs) to be fair... My 40th birthday money didn't ever really get spent. It was just frittered away on bills and things. So I promised myself a treat. But in order to placate myself for for, for not getting the Frecklington, I thought I'd put cheeky bids in on two other pictures. One of them is Elliot Whitehouse scoring at Wembley, running away, puffing his cheeks out like a little hamster while Bozzy's lurking behind him, looking like you know a fox after his prey. Um, and then I've got... Uh, there was another one, Theo Robinson scoring against Oldham. It's taken right. from a low down angle looking and he's running over towards, you can see the whole co-op crowd and it's a night match. So I put cheeky little bids in on those. And by cheeky bids, I mean a little bit more than I wanted to pay for both of them, thinking that I wouldn't get them. <laughs> I know so where now, this is going. <laughs> so now I need to build a £5,000 pool room out in my garden to house my <laughs> two £35, £40 pictures that I've inadvertently won that I then collect from Helgi at the moment because then my missus will realise I've bought them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful stuff. So if the season's out, back, lads. The season's yeah. back. So if anyone out there is a shed builder uh, and can build me a shed that's approximately 18 feet by 14 feet to house a six by foot four pool table but can do it for something that I can afford um, which is mainly I'll write nice things about you in the blog please get in touch <laughs> fantastic stuff oh dear anyway um, yeah there you go Gary's pimping out for a shed um, just actually yeah one thing I did want to say before we disappear um, I did put a poll up on Twitter not that long ago um, which was about advertising on the pod. Um, it's It was something that I kind of, we, we'd spoken briefly about before and then I, I thought, right, let's see what the options are. So I put the poll up and then um, I think it caught you by surprise a little bit that it had gone up. But uh, essentially um, we are we will be looking to, to do it. Um, there is a way that we can do it through our podcast hosts. Um, but I am I am committed to making sure that they are not intrusive in any way, shape or form. We're not going to do something like, you know, midway through the podcast and go, oh, and that was a screamer of a goal. And speaking of screamers, you can get these horror films from Netflix. I'm not we're not going to do that kind of thing. It's not that, you know, um, we'll, we'll have a little ad at the beginning and a little ad at the end. There's there's some campaigns that get kind of put out and then we i think we will record little bits or they'll give us the audio to put on but uh we will never have anything in the middle of the podcast unless people want to give us a lot of money or a shed um, or a sh- <laughs> i want something as well a lot of money you can come and play in my shed <laughs> 
that I, I've had that I've had that offer from somebody before and it didn't end well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, don't worry about it. It's not going to be you know we're not going to be uh, obtrusive or anything like that. It was just an idea. Um, it, yeah, I mean we, you know we're getting a little bit of traction on stuff now, and it seems to be uh, it, it seems to be doing fairly well. So. Somebody once said, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. I think that was the Joker in Batman. But I'd like to think we're okay at this, so we might try and get something from it. But anyway, and it'll help as well. Like, you know, if we if we ever get a chance to go out somewhere or, you know, to go do something, it can pay for, for travel costs. It can pay for new equipment if we need it, and we'll see what happens from there. But Well, to be fair, um, it costs to be on Podbean, doesn't it? And there are yeah. costs involved. Um, you know, it's the same yeah. The advertising on my website, people kind of think that's free money. Whereas, you know, I've had to employ a coder this week to try and find a problem, and and you know, they charge more in two hours than I get for a month's views. So, yeah, know, yeah. So. we're not we're not money grabbing at all, unless unless you have a shed or the wood for a shed. You know, if you've got just the wood for it, uh, a little bit of common grooving, <laughs> um, a little bit of spare time, something like that. I'm, I'm thinking double doors, double glaze. If you're an electrician. Anyway. Well, I'll say uh, I'll pin myself out for fucking anything, chaps. Honestly, just um. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up before uh, Gary tries to convince somebody to build him a Death Star in his back garden. No, and, no, just uh, or a pool table. You know, not a proper pub one with a slate <laughs> that you put money in. I, I could do that. So. Yeah. All right then, guys. We will definitely see you next week. Now that the uh, now that the football season's starting, we'll be doing weekly podcasts again. Which is, uh, I'm not going to lie, I've missed it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've missed Ben. So I have been honestly. By the way, how are Man United going to do this year? Not a fucking clue. Right, <laughs> <laughs> well, my dog's crossing his legs. We've got to go. Okay. All right then. We'll see you next. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Good night, chaps. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.